permits primary ignition. This is the way. What is up, all of you Ugnots and Jawas out there, and welcome to a new edition of Mando Talk. This is our spoiler discussion after show breakdown of the latest chapter of season three of The Mandalorian. And on this one, we've got chapter 20 titled The Foundling. Now, that title has been leaked for a while because our boy Carl Weathers gave us some <laughs> goodies in the middle of the week last week on Twitter. Thank you so much there, Carl Weathers. He was our director of this episode, and this episode was written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni. So we know all about those guys. So we can kind of skip over that and get into the breakdown immediately with this one. But we also know all about Zach Horvath. He's back <laughs> in the co-host seat, co-piloting with me. Somehow we're cramming in the N1 together yet again, but we're getting hey. it done. Zach, so good to have you back. What's up? What up? I'll ride in that little the little Rogu droid seat. I'll be in that little bubble. You know, I'm fine oh, with that. What great. up, man? I'm happy to be here. Glad to be back. Talk about some Mandalorian. You know what I mean? You know what I'm going to say? I love this. I love hanging out with you. I love talking Star Wars. So thanks Absolutely. for having me. Well, let's let's go ahead and dive into it, shall we? Now, as we always do before we dive into it. Make sure you do the things you need to do to be part of Clan Mando Talk. Hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Again, there's benefit to subscribing on YouTube. We've got some YouTube shorts going on here, there, and everywhere throughout the week to cover The Mandalorian Season 3. I am loving doing those. So there's some additional content over there, but audio platforms as well, like I said, Spotify, Apple, and there's so many more, like Google Prime, I think we, I think we're on Amazon Prime. We're, we're on everything, everywhere, all at once. There's a, there's an Oscar winner there title there somewhere. But just search in <laughs> Mando Talk and subscribe wherever you're at. We greatly appreciate it. So, chapter twenty, titled "The Foundling." Let's do it like how how we did it last week. First, Zach, let's first do our overall impressions, and then we'll get into the deep dissecting, deep breaking down part of the chapter and part of this podcast episode so i can go first i guess this week i think i made you sure. go first last week go ahead although it was definitely the shortest episode that we've seen in the mandalorian so far i feel like the pacing the flow and everything of this chapter was so like it just kept going it, it was it was smooth it was smooth throughout the action was great I was hooked. So if in that sense, I know that was my big concern heading in was seeing that it was only like 30 minutes. Take away the credits and it's probably only like 25. I was concerned by that. But the action in this episode kept me engaged. It made me feel full by the end of it. And I really enjoyed getting back to the basics, focused on Din Djarin, Grogu, Bo-Katan, and having so 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 much fun i mean in a sense that one word describes this entire chapter for me fun period and, and that's really about it like yes there, there's there's probably some things in here writing I, I know we've used this phrase before in our breakdown zach the word clunky may come up there may be some things here and there that just logically don't make sense but at the end of the day this was star wars defined if you will absolutely loved it 
Absolutely had so much fun. What about you, Zach? I'm right there with you, man. I loved, I loved this episode. Woo. I really, really did. Um, I thought Carl Weathers was incredible in his direction in this episode because he had a short amount of time mm-hmm. to get across a lot. And, man, did he do that. The action was just – it's one of my favorite action scenes in Mandalorian, hands down. Really? With all the, when they're all flying around the, the big thing, loved yeah. that. The, uh, the um, I thought the gra- yeah, I thought the graphics were great on that. The CG looked great to me. Um, because remember, it's a Disney Plus show here. Like this is a week to week show. I think people tend to forget that. First of all, but I thought it was amazing. I loved the story. I loved all the Grogu stuff. I loved the the I don't know take saving him. I guess you'd call it that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The saving of him. I loved all that. I loved the bow stuff. I loved the Grogu at the place stuff. Every piece of this episode worked for me. I loved it so much. I am thrilled to hear that. And I'm sure some of our <laughs> audio listeners are thrilled to hear that as well after sure, last week's sure. chapter. Chapter 19 I, I, was admittedly, you know, just um, across the board, not necessarily here yeah. on just Mando Talk. Across the board, people loved it. People didn't really like it. It's kind of like there is no in-between almost. Uh, but I'm thrilled to say I loved this episode. Like I, I was, It felt so good to be back in this, this pocket. Like you said, it's Mandalorian. Yeah. Is it clunky sometimes are you like okay i guess sometimes that's Mm -hmm. fine that's what this is it's just it's star wars man it's people playing with the star wars action figures having a good time make it look good it's emotional it's action-packed that's all i need it hit all the feels it hit all the feels 100 throughout this entire going back to the the direction thing uh before we kind of dig in i truly believe it goes down to the writing and direction here like Mm -hmm. the acting was great you know all the helmet stuff, but I think this one being written by John and Dave Maloney, mm-hmm. it, it showed number one yeah. to me. It, it very clearly showed. And also being helmed by Carl Weathers. I can't believe how well this dude does action scenes. I know, man, this is the second I mean, time. It's so good. I think it was it, chapter 14 so or no chapter they 12 locked in. And the way he uses the camera to like keep things hidden from us mm-hmm. where like, you know, we see Grogu kind of, walking his little steps and he Dude. doesn't cut away right and yeah. then there's like we have the moment where grogu's shooting the little thing like mm-hmm. beep, 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 but he does the yoda flip and that, yeah. that's like little stuff like that that is a director's call i think mm-hmm. makes it a great big difference here no i'm 100 percent with you and i can't wait to start diving into this one yeah. and talk about all the good things that came along the way so let's go ahead and kick this off First moments of the episode, we immediately open hot with some very intense music and Bo-Katan taking the covert in as the children of the watch are training. Grogu is on the sands just chilling as a rock crab begins to swivel towards him. Din Djarin approaches Grogu and says it's time for him to learn with the other foundlings. This this scene was very cool for me. It just establishes like what these dudes and dudettes are doing in their spare time they're legit training they are continuing to practice their mandalorian ways and i love taking the moment to show that in bo-katan's eyes because remember this is her taking all of this stuff back in we've talked about it in our previous breakdown episodes she feels that mandalorian culture yet again swelling inside of her and i feel like that decision of of seeing her kind of walk through the sands 
was done very nicely. Now, of course, Din Djarin requests Grogu to challenge Ragnar, the foundling from the premiere episode. Bo-Katan questions if this is a good idea, and Din Djarin says he must learn if he is ever to rise from foundling to apprentice. So, breaking down this scene, and then we'll definitely get some thoughts uh, displayed. The judge declares Grogu too small for a challenge, but since Din Djarin is his ward, the challenge is accepted. Ragnar chooses the weapon of darts to be used. Ragnar questions why Grogu doesn't wear a helmet. I can't wait for that for that whenever it does potentially happen. Anyway, Din Djarin responds by saying he's too young to recite the creed, so he's too young to wear a helmet, and Ragnar responds by saying then he's too young to fight. What a bratty little kid. Din Djarin says, one does not speak unless one knows. And Ragnar says, well, I know. And Din Djarin says, perhaps the lesson is for him then, too. The training darts are distributed as the two prepare for the challenge. Bo-Katan tells Grogu not to worry, that her dad was the same way. Din is just proud of him and to take it easy on the kid. Great setup here. It easily established the vibes of this episode. I loved the banter going on between Ragnar and Din Djarin in these moments, and I love the establishment, re-establishment, if you will, because we kind of took a break from it last week, of the dad and son bond between Din Djarin and Grogu. What did you think of these opening moments, Zach? Loved it. Loved it. I, it was a refresher. I'm like, all right, here we go. This is so cool. This is where John and Dave Filoni get to really show what they can do. This is very clear to me. I, I, I may be wrong, but this is John Favreau, obviously, mm -hmm. writing this to me. It is so well done with layers. And everyone, I've seen some, like, online where they're like, oh, you know, it's short, not, you know, not a lot of story. Mm -hmm. This tells me so much. There's a b way more than I thought of these Mandalorians. They're still on this beach where they yeah. just got attacked by this huge thing we just saw. They're still out there, like, risking their lives, pretty much, because that's all yeah. they have. That's mm -hmm. where they're at. There's a bunch more than I thought. They're letting Grogu, who's this baby, in a sense, right. do this fight where where the dude's like, yeah, he's too small. And Din's mm -hmm. like, eh, he's not. Let's go. And I love <laughs> that, like, kind of going with the Creed stuff. They're like, all right, you know, hey, let's do it. And so they ha they just so happen to have the tiniest dart shooter I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Very but, convenient. But everything, <laughs> dude, everything about it worked for me so well. Mm -hmm. Din being the proud dad, Bo coming over and giving him, the, you know, the, the hype moment. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, like. That hit hey, me. My, I don't know my why My dad's it hit the same me. way. Like, I, she is exponent. She's going pop. I know. Up my I know. favorite chart, dude. She's <laughs> so good. I also think she's so well written. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think everything about her character lines up with what I expect from her. Yeah. And it's like a, just a little notch higher. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. yep, that's exactly what I think she would say in this moment. She's going to hype him up. She's a leader. That's what yeah. it's all about. She it, is a leader. Naturally. And this entire episode displayed that 1000%. Exactly. Like I mean, this is day one of her being there, essentially, at least from what we've seen. <laughs> and she's already rallying the troops. Exactly. Like, she she may be trying to make a play or ooh. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. But mm -hmm. also, I just think this is how she is. Like, yeah. Oh, you yeah. Can probably, you can say I'm wrong, but, like, no, I no, think no. she's just naturally doing these things, mm -hmm. right? Like, pep talking him. Hey, my dad was the same way. He's just proud of you. Like, the yeah. way she says it. And, um... You know, I talked about the writing. It's so good. But her acting in the helmet, just as good as Pedro Pascal. Yeah. She is so good portraying these emotions with mm -hmm. that helmet on. 
so good. No, so I one thousand percent. Katie Sackoff there. Yeah, she she's nailing it. She's quickly taking over this season. I mean, I feel like already she has, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm biased. I absolutely love me some some Bo Katan. Uh, you mentioned the writing. Maybe this is just my personal theory. I guess it feels like maybe Favreau probably wrote the moments where we were with the covert, and then Filoni handled the writing of the Grogu 100%. flashback. 100% okay. agree with Cause that. Because I feel you, like, you can feel Favreau's handprint on all you of the Mandalorian can. scenes, and it feels like anytime there's, like, deep, canonical moments, Fa- yeah. uh, excuse me, Filoni's the guy that's that's writing those. I agree. Like, if they're... The Mandalorian culture and speech, mm-hmm. Favreau all over it, to me. And I yeah. may be crazy. I know, John, I know you're listening. And so <laughs> yes. tell me if I'm wrong, but... <laughs> Um, I, I just feel like it shows and that's where I love Mandalorian because they mm-hmm. get this this banter correct. And then even Bo like coming in with her side of banter, but it yeah. still fits in the, the world. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you talk to Americans, they talk to one way. If you talk to British people, they talk in one way. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I think it's fascinating. I love this scene. That Absolutely. was a long sentence to say <laughs> I love these hey, moments. <laughs> we're breaking it down. The the, the opener of this chapter made me feel very very pleased and made me feel like like, we were about to get some good stuff well continuing on here the challenge begins and ragnar gets two quick points on grogu who is confused and has no clue what's going on din says to grogu that it's okay for him to show everyone what he can do and grogu leaps here there and everywhere to get three quick darts on ragnar and win the challenge now i absolutely loved when Grogu gets hit with a dart for the first time, and he immediately looks at Din, and he says, don't look at me, look at him. That was probably my favorite moment oh, of this so episode. so good, well, man. Favorite cute moment of this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, phenomenal stuff. And mm-hmm. then after the win, Bo-Katan asked Din if he taught him that skill of jumping, and Din says, not me. Clearly a callback to Grogu's training with Luke. And Paz, interesting enough, is watching from afar, and says that same line that Din Djarin said earlier of one doesn't speak unless one knows. And then the kid storms off. What'd you think of the actual duel here? What'd you think of those cute moments? What you got? All right. So I'm going to start off with my nitpick and then okay. I'll get into the stuff I love. Do my it. nitpick is why didn't the kid just go boop, boop, boop? I know. Yeah, because Grogu did it. Yeah, yeah, Grogu went poop, poop, poop. <laughs> I thought it was like round base, but Grogu's like, nah, yeah. gotcha. So that's my nitpick. He doesn't play the by the rules. Doesn't play by the rules. So, um, I, so I watched this by myself and then I watched it with my wife is how I played this one. My wife was about to come up swinging on Ragnar. She's like, if he shoots him again, I'm going to find him and I'm going to get him. And I'm like, I got you. And so I knew right, when Liam I watched Neeson. it the first time, I knew I was like, my wife's going to be so mad that Grogu's getting shot with these little darts right yeah. now. Um, and she was, and I just thought it was hilarious, but everything you said that don't look at me, look at him. That's mm-hmm. such a dad thing. Gosh, that that is so cool. <laughs> that's such a dad thing to be like, you're on your own now, big boy. <laughs> like you're in. Uh, I love that moment. And then he's like, you know, do what you got to do. And then he starts Yoda flipping everywhere. And I was like, yeah, yeah come on, baby. <laughs> we get the prequel Yoda. Oh, on it him. was great. Um, and I love how Ragnar is just like, yeah, he's completely mind blown. <laughs> yeah, like <what's> <laughs> this dude pulling out force powers. I just got my helmet like yesterday. I had this dragon yeah. thing try to eat me, and now I got this creature jumping all over me. I loved it. And then uh, one last thing, where Paz is talking about, you know, in their terms of one doesn't speak unless one knows. Right, right. 
watch your mouth is what they're trying to say, right? In Mandalorian terms. Right. And I loved that that Mando says that, mm-hmm. and then the da- his dad basically is like, watch your mouth. Like, right. You know, don't speak unless you know what you're talking about here. Yeah. And you don't. Uh, 100%. You just got shown up by this baby. He like, did. come on. He did. You're embarrassed. He did. And then... The, <laughs> and then Salt in the wound about five seconds from now. What happens to him? So, dude, just down (laughs) hard. He, he, you know, storms off to the side, you know, to have his little upset session. And uh, here comes this creature just flying out of the sky, (laughs) snatches the kid up. Paz and Din end up leading a small squad by jetpack to go after this creature. And then all of these Mandalorians actually run out of fuel on their jetpack. But Bo Katan, the only smart one there, apparently flies above them in her gauntlet to keep the chase going and get some valuable intel so yeah the the kid definitely uh worst moments of his life potentially to get beaten by a little baby and then turn around and and get scooped up by a creature now uh continuing on here let's just go ahead and go to the next thing because Bo-Katan I mean it's immediate she she reports back to the armor her findings of where the creature lives and how she believes to most effectively get to it Din Djarin is quick to announce that he will join her on this mission I found that personally very interesting because it it just displays I think the care and the respect that they have for each other and the bond that they have and I'm not even talking like if you're somebody that ships them if you do cool but I'm just talking like on a a friendship level here just a respect level right 100% Din is right there by her side Mm -hmm. immediately whenever she's wanting to do something here Paz Vizsla is instructed by the armor to lead the Shriek Hawk training team on the mission as well Grogu is left behind with the armorer who declares he will be able to join them on missions all in good time before retreating to the cave to attend some work in order for Grogu to one day become Mandalorian now these moments with the armorer were the moments where suddenly, and I've said it on this podcast, I haven't been vibing with the armor, but man, she does a total 180 in this episode. I absolutely love her character. And when I say vibing, like I, I love her. I've always loved her character. I'm saying like mm-hmm. her her persona, if you will. I've mm-hmm. never like seen her, her ways eye to eye necessarily. But man, she shows a lot of heart, a lot of care, a lot of respect in this episode, and this was kind of the the turn of it, if you will, allowing Bo-Katan to lead this mission, talking to Grogu in kind of that, almost in like, I guess an ant kind of way, if we're trying to, you know, keep the family dynamics going <laughs> on. Uh, what do you think of this setting up here as far as the mission goes, and how they utilize Grogu kind of setting to the side, but of course we'll then get into the, the massively... Uh, sure stuff that we get with Grogu next I uh I'm gonna say this a lot I love this um Mm -hmm. this moment of everyone like just immediately not thinking and then Bo's like uh I'm gonna go get my ship (laughs) so uh, my question my first question for you I got a couple takes on this and I want to hear your thoughts first take do they not have ships that was a great question and that's a question that I that I came up with on a second watch I'm like where where I'm wondering like what he has said and he always gets away. Always mm-hmm. gets away. So they run out of fuel, right? So they've Maybe done this they, before. <laughs> yeah, like why don't – where are their ships? Maybe they don't have them. Like I don't I don't mm-hmm. understand. Maybe they don't have like a bus-type ship. But yeah. again, I that's my first question on this. Mm-hmm. My second question here, and this is my theory, all right? So my second watch, I, it kind of come over me because later on we see that crocodile thing again. Yeah. I first take I was like all right a, another ant like creature like come sure. on 
Yeah. Lazy writing. <laughs> no. I think this is all set up for them wanting to leave that area and go back to Mandalore. Oh, yeah. So that's, 100%. that's my take yeah. here. I, I don't know if that's a theory, but that's my yeah. whole take of this. Because I've seen some people like, oh, you know, it's the same thing. Why would they still mm-hmm. be living there? Number one, they're like, they have, they're, they're homeless, basically. Right. Like, they have nowhere to go. Yeah. So, first of all, there's, you got to deal with what you got. All right. But second of all, I think this is all happening on purpose because number one, it's really sad. They've lost foundlings. Yep. Clearly, this thing has done this multiple times that they mm-hmm. haven't been able to save them. And they just so happen to come across Bo, who's like wanting to rule the thing. So it, it's going to come up. This is the story. Yes. I want everyone yeah. to know this is the story. Mm-hmm. There's not enough story. That is the story <laughs> of this season. Mm-hmm. It's Bo and Din coming together, potentially, and bringing it all back to Mandalore. Whether yep. whether we get that this season, like mm-hmm. we're on Mandalore with everyone, I don't know that. But that is the story. And with yeah. all of this like bad stuff happening, they're going to be like, you know what? So it's not cursed. I can live there. And now we have the Mythosaur and we have the Darksaber. Let's go back to Mandalore, baby. Right. Let's take it back over. Yeah, it, so, it'll be like a, a culminating moment for sure. You yes. know, part of me too, as and, and I'm like you, I saw some complaining about, oh, if this is the fifth time that this creature's done this, then why are they still living there? I also think it's part of the naivety. If, 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 is that how you say it? I think that's how you naivety. say it. Naivety. Something naivety. like that. I sure. think that's part of the Mandalorian. Like, they just like challenged. They like being challenged. They like trying to kill these creatures. But they're just setting their ways. They're like, right. They're they're just like, you okay, can't no, make me we, leave. we've got this. We're not leaving. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll adapt. I think that's also just, just the way they are. But uh, yeah. I, I like what you're saying, too. I definitely think it's... It, it's leading to something yeah. for sure. It's giving I think it's them all on reason. Purpose. Like, yeah, it's giving them reason to eventually leave this pa- this place one thousand percent. And it gives Bo ammunition to say like, "Look around you." Yeah, yeah. You she, can't. She's be, got you're not something safe. to stand on for sure. Yeah, you, like you've lost foundlings. Ragnar was trying to have his ceremony and got jacked up. Thank God, Din showed up. Like, <laughs> yeah. you guys got to get out of here. Yeah. And where's the best place to go? Mandalore. Who's going to lead you? Mm-hmm. Me. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Well, we get inside. The armor begins working at the forge and has a monologue revealing the parallels between the Mandalorian people and the steel being forged. Here's the quote. It is the heart of Mandalorian culture. Just as we shape the Mandalorian steel, we shape ourselves. We all begin as raw ore. We define ourselves through trials and adversity. The forge can reveal weaknesses. And it's at this moment where Grogu begins recalling Order 66, and we start diving into this flashback fully. So I will just say, before we get into the flashback, because that's really the meat, probably, of this breakdown, is dissecting everything that's going on during Order 66. I love these Mandalorian lore moments. Like, I love listening to the armorer talk about and justify why they're the way they are. It's fantastic. I mean, what did you think of this monologue real quickly, and then we'll get into this Order 66 flashback. I love I love the armor. Everything she does, man. She she is I have not had any beef with her. I love everything yeah. she does. Even if she is like a psycho psycho uh, cult leader. <laughs> yeah. Uh you know, at the at the root of it. Right. She's awesome. Like yeah. she don't play. She's mm-hmm. like, This is us, baby. We are raw ore and you are shaped 
by adversity. Mm. And I just, I, that is so Mandalorian in my mind. Yeah, it is. I loved all of it. I loved <laughs> yeah, all of this. It was fantastic. Absolutely phenomenal And that girl loves stuff. to work on some armor, by the way. Yes, she, she does. Itching. That's why they call her the armor. <laughs> She's itching I to prove her worth. I will flip out when they finally reveal what her real name is, and I really hope it's connecting back to some Clone Wars characters that we've seen in the past. It'll probably be, you know... Agatha, big big bath <laughs> that was in Clone Wars episode four. Yeah, uh, and it'll be like, ooh, that's a, for you. You'll be like, ooh, that's a cool name, and I'll be over here. Oh my gosh, what? what? Oh my god, that is the cousin of. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hope that's the case. Exactly. I love that stuff. I love it. I love right. it. Go All ahead. right. Well, let's get to the Order sixty six flashback. The Jedi are surrounding Grogu, and they're attempting to get him to Kelleran as clone troopers attack. We hear that name drop between some, some dialogue between these Jedi. The clones eventually wipe all the surrounding Jedi out as Grogu slips on an elevator. Once the elevator opens, Jedi Kelleran Beck, played by Ahmed Best, is there to protect Grogu as he takes out clone troopers and they get on a speeder very similar to Count Dooku's speeder in Attack of the Clones. Now, Jedi Kelleran Beck, if he's new to you, he's actually not a new character. He made his first appearance two, two-ish, three-ish years ago on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel in the game show titled Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge, and Ahmed Best played and portrayed that character in that Jedi Temple Challenge as well. A bigger takeaway of mine is the fact that Ahmed Best is back in an extremely meaningful role. I mean, this man has been through the absolute ringer dealing with the negative reaction and reception of the Jar Jar Binks character, and it makes me so happy that he is being appreciated once again by the masses as Master Kelleran. So I'll pause there, just kind of talking about these scenes. Of course, kind of Grogu in the hallway there in the temple wasn't necessarily new. We saw a lot of that in the Book of Boba Fett. But then we take a, a left turn down another hallway, and that's when it starts getting new. And these two Jedi that are with him get killed. He's able to slip into the elevator, and we have no clue what's going to happen. But as soon as those doors open, we see Ahmed Best's face, and I, immediately I'm like, oh, crap, yeah, Kellerin. That's the dude that made me feel like people were listening to the podcast because Keller, my last name, is using a Jedi. That <laughs> freaking awesome. So I've, yeah. I've, remember, I've recalled in that moment, oh, yeah, okay, I know who this guy is. And, of course, I see the face. I'm like, okay, this is really emotional, just kind of outside of the episode because Ahmed Best, like I said, threw so much, and it's so good to have him back in this role. And then – He's freaking going ham with these lightsabers, killing all these clone troopers, and then they're off. So before we keep going, before we keep talking about what they do when they go off, what did you think of this reveal? What did you think of the action in these Order 66 moments? Um, I thought it was incredible, okay? Um, and I'll tell you why in sections. First note, I love how they cut into this with mm -hmm. the boom, boom, boom. Love that. Very, like, PTSD-level stuff that I thought was very good. The puppeting on – puppeteering on Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Grogu, chef's yeah. kiss. Because he yeah. looked in pain. Like, he didn't like it. He's like, whoa, mm -hmm. oof. You know, having, like, flashbacks. So the reveal of Ahmed Best, mm -hmm. I saw it on Twitter before I saw the episode. Man, really? Yes. I, I hate that And I'll tell you that. why I'm okay. I, I, I'll tell you why I'm okay with it. Okay, okay. Reminded me who he was. Okay. So when it happened, 
I wept. All right. I I oh, cried. So cool. I got so very cool. emotional because it's so powerful mm-hmm. the levels of what we are witnessing. To some, you know, to my wife, he's just a dude, right? He's just a right. Jedi. Which Same is, for my wife, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So when he picks up the other lightsaber and he's dual wielding and just going ham, <laughs> weeping. My wife doesn't know who he is, but she goes, "This is awesome." And I'm like, "That's awesome." Yeah, it is. This is so sick. And I said, "Guess who he is?" Blah blah blah. Jar Jar Binks. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. And she goes, "Wow, that's incredible." And I'm like, "Yes, it is. That's why I'm crying right now because he's the one saving Grogu, and he's not just like." Picking him up and going with him. This right. dude's going ham, full Jedi, using the Force, killing all these dudes. And he knows, like, I got to get out of here. So then they have mm-hmm. the chase, okay? And we can lead into the chase yeah, do now, it. if do that's it. okay. Yeah. So they're flying through Coruscant, which kudos to last week. I actually mm. knew where this was yes. immediately. <laughs> Payoff, <Yeah>. baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're flying through Coruscant. This is the part of the episode where I'll say was a little little clunky for me okay okay a little goofy where he's okay (laughs) motorcycle (laughs) handlebars so that was a little clunky but all in all it kept me on the edge of my seat i knew they were getting away but Mm -hmm. i thought i didn't know like is he gonna get killed like what's gonna happen right so i loved the whole subway section where he cuts off because i'm thinking like dude why are you in this tunnel like this thing could just kill you he cuts off. I love that moment where they jump up and you see the little mountain top that we just saw last week. Ooh, mate. The little piece of Coruscant. <laughs> love that. That's beautiful. That's yes. how you set a story. That's how you tell it. I love that moment. Mm-hmm. And then um, so they, they're flying. They, he says, all right, I'm meeting up with some people. You're wondering, oh, God, who are these people, right? Um, yeah. I wasn't too worked up about that. I was just like, you know, who's this going to be? He lands. I love how the Buffy landing. He goes flying. I thought mm-hmm. that was awesome, too. They come out, and they're like, hey, yo, jump in. They're coming. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, okay. So, like, <laughs> I want to get one of those little pods that Grogu has. Oh, 100%. All. That thing's awesome. He yeah, just it is. his little pod. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know who these guys are. So, I'm going to pause here. Okay. Grogu gets on the ship with. Um, with Kellerin. Yep. Who are these people that the, are the, helping him? Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here comes the, the give, Star Wars give, give, knowledge, Give me that baby. lore, baby. All right. So on this landing platform, you're talking about the squad of troopers, right? That help. Yes. Okay. That help him. So the shiny ship here is a Naboo cruiser yep. ship. Okay. Kind of connecting cool to, to what Anakin and Padme's looked like in Attack of the Clones. Those soldiers are what we call the Royal Naboo Security Forces. And they're really just dudes. They're just soldiers from Naboo. Now, okay. this is for me okay. where uh, it gets wild. You know who currently is the senator of Naboo? Jar Jar Binks. No. Jar Jar Binks. Hey. <laughs> Could Jar Jar, Jar, have, Jar had something He's to everywhere. do with this? Could He's he have everywhere. sent these troopers? I'm freaking out. Jar Jar sent Jar Jar to save him, baby. Let's go. I think it's possible, if I'm being completely honest. I think it's 1,000% possible that somehow Jar Jar Binks knows of this baby Yoda, Grogu, and sends... I don't think it's Grogu specifically. I just think it's a youngling, right? Okay, yeah. Like, I don't think it has anything to do with it being Grogu. I think Jar Jar is just, like, a good dude. Spoiler alert, he is. (laughs) And, like, 
I think he's just trying to help out. I love that dude. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah. So Jar Jar's running the show. I think in so. Naboo. Yeah. And if if Keller's wrong, roast him. Please roast him <laughs> because I love that. I yeah. love that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and on the flip side though, it could just be that Jedi Kellerin is from Naboo, and and maybe he just has. Nah, connections we're going with the Jar Jar. Nah, 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 nah. Hey, I it. love that. I love I'm with that because like that's so meta. Like Jar Jar sending <laughs> the doodoo's Jar Jar to go save him, and then it it gives Jar Jar like more backstory because it's like yeah. he had to be in the know. Like right, he knew right, something right. was going down. If he's working with the Jedi to get him out, like mm-hmm. he's like, hey, yo, yo, yo. Palps is bad. Let's yeah. go get the Jedi <laughs> out. Like he's the he's the Phantom Menace. Get him out of there. Um, yeah, so I, I love mean, that dude. We'll I, see. I wondered. Now, so what was your does... take on this little chase moment first before we leave? Okay, it? I definitely agree with you. The chasing. Sometimes it was like, ooh, that does that look great? Eh. Yeah. But I'm but I'm thrilled with what we're getting, so I don't really care. I don't mind it. But yeah, the the chase was fantastic. I, I loved the Umate. Uh, displayed yet again of course that made me made me giddy but i this whole time you know once we see them hit the landing uh pad and and they get on this ship and they blast into hyperspace i now have more questions if i'm being completely honest like now yes i know grogu we we get that reveal that he he gets saved from order 66 by kellerin but things are going to go bad at some point right i mean he's going to end up in that crate with a bounty on him, right? Right, because like that's where we end season up. Season one, Grogu is in that same little pod on Arvala Seven, where Quill is, and that, and of course, that's where our story began. So obviously, stuff hits the fan at some point, and I want to know that story. I want to know if, if you know if our crazy theory of somehow Jar Jar being in play here. I want to know if there's more behind why is Jedi Kellerin the guy that was sent to get Grogu. Like, why specifically that character? Why specifically does it connect to Naboo? Why are the Naboo soldiers there? Like, all of these questions are all kind of in the back of my mind now. And I do think it's still possible that we get continued flashbacks for those answers. But yeah, I was so thrilled with this reveal. Now, one of the questions that I had here in our notes was, were we disappointed that it wasn't a big main character that we already knew like I know for me personally I was speculating like Barris Offie of course that connects to Clone Wars Zach you may not even know who that is R2-D2 I speculated that even possibly so it didn't it didn't turn out to be that way but I'm personally a-okay with it because there's no canon issues there's nothing like that to where people are like oh that actually doesn't work so the Mandalorian is no longer fluid with canon or, or whatever so in a sense overall all of this stuff was fantastic. Yes, the chase, a little clunky here and there, to steal your phrase. But Ahmed Best, at the end of the day, back as a Jedi and looking absolutely sick, I might add. Oh, dude. So with the good. little I, gold detail on his Jedi oh, robe. Oh, it looks so oh, good, man. And, and the it fact that he's going ham, using the Force, we're seeing Jedi in action. Like, mm-hmm. peak Jedi, Jedi Master. And I just learned on Wikipedia. Yep. That he is his nickname is the Sabered Hand. Yep. That's yep. his nickname. That is so sick. <laughs> I would have that on my chest. You kidding me? <laughs> my name ain't Kellerin anymore, baby. I'm going by Sabered Hand. That's me. <laughs> That's so sick. It's possible that, you know, he could use that name only, you know, after Order Sixty Six. I'm 
I'm the uh, that'd be pretty cool. I'm the sabered hand. Yeah, I love that dude, and the fact that it's Ahmed Bess and what he's been through, and he's the dude who saves Grogu. So moving forward, he ain't Jar Jar no more, baby. He is the dude oh, who saved Grogu. He'll always be Jar Jar for me, man. <laughs> well, but well, yes, same, yes. I but see what, what I mean, saying. like, I see what he's you're walking saying. down the street. They're like, he saved Grogu. Yeah, you saved the most beloved character on Earth. <laughs> you're yeah. the guy. For like, sure. That is so cool. And he, again, he didn't just pick him up and I got him. Ha <laughs> ha. Right. He had to work for it, baby. And he I loved crushed it. it. This worked for me so well. God, I loved it so much. Go ahead. Yeah, me too. Well, Whew. no, that, that I, think, I think we've officially kind of broke down that entire yeah. Order 66 and, and, sequence. And to go with your like, what's next? I think yeah. we should see more. I, I don't think of the flashback. The I, yeah, I think I think we see more. Maybe not like, okay. you know, five seconds after. But I think we find out how he got there. To Arvada 7 far. in season yeah. one. Yeah. I think so. I'm dying to know that. And I'm dying to know how the Nyctos, because that's the species that's surrounding him and that's protecting mm. him in season one. I'm dying to know how they, and, and yeah. maybe I what that species that has known. to do. We'll I think see. John Favreau and them have written all that. Personally, I think they know all the answers to that. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But. All right. Well, let's continue then. We are back in real time. As the armorer says, it is a tradition in our culture for each to donate a small portion of what they earn to the foundlings. It is with these scraps of Beskar that I forged your next piece of armor. Mandalorian still shall keep you safe as you grow stronger. You will grow into this rondelle as you grow into your station, foundling Grogu. And Grogu wears the rondelle on his chest proudly. Now, this rondelle for me is a massive hint that Grogu will eventually be fully decked out in some Beskar. And I have to say... This was the moment that emotionally got me because you could just see how proud Grogu was to have this little circular plate on his chest. And he's just the steps are being taken of this baby to become the next big Mandalorian or, or whatever. Maybe Mandalore the Great someday. I'll throw that out there. Who knows? Man, it got me. What'd you think of, of this moment? I thought it was absolutely wonderful. Um, my wife absolutely loved it. Uh, I keep talking about her because I want to give you, the listener, a reference yeah, for someone who's like outside the bubble. That's valuable. That is valuable if she, information. If she's in on it, it's working, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because that's a tough sell. Um, but she loved it. For me, I thought it was cool. I thought it was weird that he got like this weird, like circle, big chest sure. piece yeah. on his chainmail. I was like, uh-huh. that okay, but. <laughs> But the the point she makes of you're going to grow into this, and that's mm-hmm. the whole idea, loved it. Yeah. Very Mandalorian, very mm-hmm. like, you got to earn this kid. That's mm-hmm. how I felt for that, and I loved it. It worked yep. so much for me. And I want to stick a flag in this. Okay. Everyone's like, oh, he's getting a helmet. He's getting a helmet. He's getting uh-huh. a helmet. This dude ain't getting a helmet for a long okay. time, folks. He's Grogu. Yeah. You don't put a helmet on his face. You can't, you say, you can't oh, cover the face of the, of the moneymaker for sure. <laughs> nah, nah. He ain't getting no helmet, folks. Well, I think there's an mind. argument to be had, and we'll see by the end of the season, that maybe Bo-Katan convinces them to get rid of that part of their this is the way to where it's not even it's a non-issue at that point. Mm, to where, yes, right. he still gets a that's helmet, gonna, but he doesn't have to sell, keep it boy. on all the time. That is the creed. It is Messing a very tough the sell. The creed. <laughs> That's like literally what their foundation is. They can't even freaking eat without, you know, being alone. But yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll definitely have to wait I and see. It. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I thought it was like 
funny that it was so big, but I love yeah. the idea that yeah. like you got to earn it, you'll grow into it. It was mm-hmm. perfect. Absolutely. All right. I've done that a lot this episode. It's just Chef's so, kiss. <laughs> it, it is. It is. The squad of Mandalorians on the mission to save Ragnar make their landing and begin walking to the creature's nest. Nightfall hits and Bo-Katan asks a question. We've all been wondering, how do you eat when others are around? And Din gives <laughs> the simple, logical answer by saying, you don't. Uh, you just go to, you, you find a place where you can take your helmet off and you eat in private. Now, as the food is distributed, Paz says Bo-Katan has the honor of staying by the fire since she is the leader of the war party. Once everyone is away, Bo-Katan removes her helmet to begin eating. And I loved this creative decision because it gives us, the audience, our first opportunity to get facial expressions and read how Bo-Katan is actually handling all of this and get mm-hmm. an, a hint at maybe if she's actually enjoying this, if she's still thinking on it, or if she's absolutely dreading every single moment that she's there. We'll definitely talk about that. But before that, I do want to point out Bo-Katan naturally leading and taking charge has Paz viewing her differently in my opinion and ultimately Paz could just be following the book here but the tone of his delivery sounded more so out of respect like I feel like last week we were talking about because of the history of their houses there's going to be beef between the two I actually think that's been scrapped at this point I feel like Paz is very respectful of her because he immediately sees her great ability to lead now that could hit the fan yet again uh, if she pushes against the way. Like, that could change quickly. But at least this week, Paz respects her a lot. What do you think of that? And then we'll talk about Bo-Katan revealing her face for sure. I think uh, I think all that's accurate. Like, I, I do believe that um, he, he was saying it in respect. Because remember, it's his son that's lost. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, the fact that she took such a heavy part in, like, we're the, I tr- I found the nest. We're going to get him. Here's what we're gonna do. And she's leading the pack. Like, yeah. that's gonna make you respect someone. Like, if your son is taken and someone is Facts. like taking this much heed, mm-hmm. you're gonna respect them. And so the fact that like, you know, again, canonically to the Mandalorian way, mm-hmm. you're leading the pack. You get to sit by the fire. Such a cool love, detail too. Love Golly. that. Dude. It, that's why I'm talking about. Like, there's always layers to it. Yeah. There's always everything they say. There's layers to it. There's like, intent. There's a and reason with everything. Exactly. And they ask, like, she's like, "Yo, can I take my helmet off? Like, are we cool? Can I eat?" And they're uh-huh. like, mm, "No, we're going into the dark because, <laughs> like, you can't see my face." Um, but you're the leader. You get the you get the fire. And I yeah. love that. I love that, dude, mm-hmm. because it makes so much sense. Again, it's such a Mandalorian thing in my mind. Like, that makes complete sense. Of course she would get the fire because she's yeah. the leader. And then so she cool. takes it off. And So what did you think? What did you think of her facial expression? Is there anything there to read from that moment? Yeah, I think she's like, whoa, like, okay, this is working for me. Like, yeah. I, I think she's surprised by her, like, by her own commitment to this. Because mm-hmm. if she didn't care about the way – she would have taken it off. Right. She wouldn't right. have asked that question. And yeah. so the fact that, like, she's looking around, you know, she's like, okay, uh, she takes it off. She's looking. And yeah. I I think she's surprised and, like, accepting it. She's mm-hmm. like, okay, all right, maybe, okay. you know, I understand it. I don't know if she's, like, bought in, but I mm-hmm. think she's definitely starting to lean that way. Um, yeah. In, 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 into at least understanding why Din is so, like, this committed. Is 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. That was definitely my read the first time. I think the second time I watched it, I was just looking more intently to see if there was anything else that could be seen. I think it is possible to interpret it as, you know, her looking back, checking that it's okay for her to show her real emotion about what's going on, and then she turns back and you can kind of see a little bit more there. So I think that is definitely a possibility, and this is just, you know, chef's kiss like you've been doing all, all night here with this with this episode. Um, Katie Sackhoff did phenomenal here because I do think there are tons of different ways to interpret just this one facial expression moment from her. I could still yep. see it going either way, whether her that whether that be fully committing or you know officially being like, nah, this ain't it. But I think you're right. I think she's, I think she's enjoying. I think she's seeing the the positives and the potential out of doing the whole "this is the way" situation mm-hmm. going on here and joining this covert and becoming a child of the watch. But I do still think we're going to eventually get some internal struggle with that. I just feel like that's what's going to come up with the character. But we'll definitely see. We'll definitely see. All right. Morning arrives. Paz reveals this raptor has killed others of their kind due to them firing on it so they must be stealthy not to use weapons or their jetpacks so they all begin to climb up the side of the cliff and eventually make it to the raptor's nest the raptor is not there so paz goes leroy jenkins into the nest because the kid (laughs) is his son that was revealed in these moments but we've kind of alluded to that throughout and that was actually something that a lot of people speculated since the premiere so i'm glad to see that that one actually ended up my wife didn't know she's like oh i'm like yeah, I thought we knew that, but I guess that's the benefit of this. It's cool to see. <laughs> cool to see. Paz stumbles upon three baby raptors, and suddenly Mommy shows up, spitting out Ragnar from its mouth, who is shouting, help me. Now, Paz jetpacks into the raptor's mouth, and the raptor grabs Ragnar, and all the Mandalorians begin jetpacking after them. Bo-Katan stabs the raptor in the face multiple times, which frees Paz from the raptor's mouth, and he just kind of jets off to the side and is hugging onto a cliff for the rest of these moments. Uh, Din knocks Ragnar out of the raptor's grip with a pretty cool, yet again, Iron Man-like maneuver, and the raptor is suddenly eaten by a sea creature, leaving the three baby raptors to have no mommy, which, of course, there's some there's some payoff with that moment. But remember, folks, just like Qui-Gon Jinn said, there's always a bigger fish. So the raptor definitely, did, definitely doesn't make it out of that one. A lot of great action here. So cool to see all of these Mandalorians in action with these jetpacks. I was loving when I saw Bo-Katan you know, kind of climb aboard the raptor's face and just start going to town, stabbing it. That was phenomenal. I loved Din Djarin's maneuvers here to get Ragnar out of its grip. It was, it was shot so well. It was performed so well. I know a lot of that's CGI, whatever. It, it looked great, though. It looked fantastic. What would you think of this mission? What would you think of uh, Paz going all Leroy Jenkins in there? Uh, uh, what would you think of all of this, Zach? <laughs> I, this is one of my favorite action scenes in the show, I think. Wow, I this worked for me so, so well. Yeah, and and I'll tell you why. A couple levels again. We there's always levels to this. Um, I I think it worked for me so well because we finally got to see the Mandalorians work together, do what Mandalorians do. At least from what I know, flying their jetpacks around, using these like lances or whatever she calls them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
every piece. So I'll start at the beginning. I love the fact that he's like, no, we got to be stealth. So they they climb up this huge thing, which Bo was like, I've done this in my sleep. You know what I mean? Come on. Yeah. So you guys can do it too. So they do it. He, like a dad, is like, that's my son. And he runs down there. <laughs> and then you get the babies. When this thing like flies up real slow, that mm -hmm. looked so real to me. I thought that looked, it looked incredible. Great. It looked great. <laughs> I, and then like when he's doing the blah, 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 like <laughs> yeah. spits the kid out, which hasn't been injured, but whatever. Yeah, that, um, a little weird, but again, it's Star Wars. Like, it's he's Star Wars. Fine. He's fine. He's just been sitting in there. Um, there's no acid hours. or anything. <laughs> yeah, there's no. Nah, they were out sleeping and eating by the fire while you're in the mouth. They're just but. chilling. Yeah. Sorry, dude. We'll get to you in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, son. We need our sleep. And then so that moment and then the fact that he just like dad modes straight into the mouth and gets taken. I was yeah. like, well, I didn't really go well. <laughs> How'd that go for you there, buddy? Now you're in the mouth and your son's in the talons. Come on. <laughs> but all that aside, it didn't take me out. I just was like, oh, no, like Oof, that's that wasn't a good thing. Now yeah. you're both taken but then it goes into full action mode so well shot uh when uh bo katan gets hit and she and like saves herself iron man style like you said a lot of iron hands man too yeah the iron man style and i know she doesn't have back. jets coming out of her hands but she gave that motion <laughs> she loses her pauldron or yep. whatever is it a pauldron yes um, yeah loses that and but she's back in right so she's mm -hmm. Stabbing this thing like Drax, just straight Drax <laughs> yeah. style stabbing this thing. I love that because that just shows like she's a fighter, she's a leader. She's yep. the, the other ones are just flying around. She's the one getting in there and stabbing yeah. him. And she Taz has, gets free. She has no reason I, to. That's the thing no as well. And just, she's just she, doing it. I love it, dude. Gosh. That's why I said it's all natural. Like she yeah. doesn't mean to do these things. She's just a leader, and it's mm -hmm. like she's just helping this dad save his son. Thought it was absolutely hilarious when Paz goes boop, 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 and then just like <laughs> like slides yeah. down the thing. Thought that was hilarious. I don't know if that was meant to be funny. Oh, but I think it made so. Me laugh. I think I so. Because like, oh. <laughs> they just oh. that was hilarious. And then Dan yeah. just goes full like, I got this. Yeah. And he gets the kid, misses him. They're flying. He saves mm -hmm. him. Oh, it was so good, man. It it's was great. so good, and the CG was incredible. It in was. my opinion for this. It, it looks so real because, like, sometimes when you get the body CGI, like the human, mm -hmm. it looks goofy. Like, you're like, yeah. hey, that's not, obviously. I thought them flying around this thing looked amazing. It did. And and when we have the shot, again, we've talked about these, like, mounted shots that they've become, like, obsessed with. Where it's, like, mounted on the ship or mounted on whatever. We get the shot of it mounted on his shoulder and he's yes. flying towards it. Yes. Oh, I was like, whoa, this is sick. <laughs> this is awesome. And then yeah. he saves the kid, and then, oh, man, it just was so good. And then we, um, I don't know, did we talk about it yet where he gives the kid back to? No, that's next. Go for it. Okay, so, you know, so he saves the kid, the raptor, bigger fish, that is 100% a callback to that. Yes, but it is. But also leads to my other, my point earlier where yeah. they're like, this place is not habitable. We shouldn't be here. <laughs> right. That's what that tells me. Yeah. But uh, Din lands with the kid. Paz, I love that he immediately he me rips him away. Like, ri yes, yes, like, like, yes. <laughs> not like he's mad, but just like, you know, he's my Get kid. You. Come here, yes, yeah. Yeah, and also like, I'm not the one that saved you. Mm -hmm. I was, I was, I failed. Like that's how I would feel in that moment. Like yeah. if you save my kid from that, I'd be like, give him to me. I need right. to embrace him, but also like, I'm not the one that saved him. Yep. 
And I got emotional for the second time here okay. because I love the this is the ways in this season. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. this one right here where he, he doesn't even say anything except mm-hmm. for thank you. I think that's all he says there is yeah. thank you. Thank you. And all Den says is this is the way. Like, mm-hmm. we're good, man. Like, I got you. And I loved it. It yeah. made me, I didn't weep like Amish sure. does, but yeah. I was like, you know, taken aback. I was like, ooh. That yeah. hit me hard. It, you're so right so with ahead. the. What were your with, thoughts? No, with the this is the ways. You're so right. Like I feel like almost all of them. Some of them are grouped together, but they all have different meanings. Like this, mm. this, this is the way is an appreciative one. Uh, previous, this is the yeah, ways are like, like a, I, got I agree you, with you. Like and the, the other there's one just so like, many different I things. I accept you. Where, where so you know cool. she she brings Bo in and says this is the way. Yeah. That's the all right. Come on in. Right. I. I loved this moment. It was great. It's quick and fast, short, but mm-hmm. loved it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think you summed those moments up perfectly. So let's go ahead and, and get into the return. Back to the covert. The armorer tells Bo-Katan that she has honored her house and all of Mandalore because she has done the highest honor of the Creed by saving a foundling. They exchange yet again another meaningful this is the way, and Bo-Katan reveals they brought three more foundlings in need of care, and that's the baby raptors. Now, the armor, in my opinion, has full potential to go full Danny Targaryen here. She's got three raptors that maybe they'll grow up one day, and she'll just be complete in control of them. I can't wait to see that. We got a lot of creatures brewing here. As far as the armor's got these three raptors, Bo-Katan's got the mythosaur, Boba Fett has the, why am I blanking on it right now? Why am I blanking on that right now? I'm a host of a Star Wars podcast. Rancor. There it is. Rancor. That's I, what, thought, that's I, what I wanted Boba to say Fett's Ragnar. Got. What's Ragnar? That's, well, that's the kid's the, name. That's the kid's name. Uh, See, I was like, I we're know getting that's mixed something. up. We're getting mixed up. <laughs> Sorry for the delay, folks. I know what that yeah. stuff is. But anyway, Back to paid we're, we're getting a lot, of, a lot of creature establishment here. And I do think there's... They're heading toward something with that potentially. But mm-hmm. anyway, let's talk about the, the meaningful part of this moment here. The armorer notices Bo-Katan is missing a pauldron and commits to making her a new one. While the armorer is making a new pauldron for Bo at the forge, she asks if she should inlay the signet of the night owl. Bo-Katan asks if it would be acceptable if she wore one pauldron of the night owl and another with the mythosaur. The armorer says the mythosaur belongs to all Mandalorians and that it's always acceptable to wear. Alright. This was pretty cool for me. I did not see this coming in the slightest. I love the fact, moving forward, she does have a pauldron that's, you know, just pure Beskar. It's not blue. It's nothing like that. One mythosaur, one night owl. Definitely a tease of something that's potentially yet to come, for sure. What did you think of of these return to the covert moments and the signet decision of getting a mythosaur from from our girl Bo-Katan? As I've said loved before, it. <laughs> loved it. Uh, this like the, more lore, more backstory of the creed. Mm-hmm. This is we now know this is the highest thing you can do. Save a foundling. Yep. That should tell you something. If that is the top thing on their list, maybe they ain't so bad. I just want to throw that out there. That All right, is a they're great a cult. Point. Blah blah blah. But if their highest thing you can do is save a child or a foundling, mm-hmm. are they that bad? Okay, they don't some take good, their helmets off. Some good qualities there for sure. Like, come on. Uh, so I thought that was amazing lore. Them getting the the chicks of the raptor. Mm-hmm. 
dumb to me. But <laughs> yeah. um, well, I, I gotta admit, first watch, I'm like, how did those three fit in there? <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay, I'm I'm thinking that there's gonna be payoff with this. Hundred percent. I'm uh, telling you, creature I, battle. There's got to be. It's going right? to turn into Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Are you saying like with the Mythosaur? Is that like what you're saying? Ooh. The, to get the Mythosaur? Mm. Like they got to use these creatures. See, I wasn't to... I wasn't even thinking how to like utilize them. I'm just saying like they're going to get used somehow. <laughs> oh, I don't know. If that but happens, I like that. you better clip this and Ooh. bring it back, baby. Because that was a pure off the cuff. Um, I don't know. I will. But I will. all in all, this worked. Uh, the, the bringing back and hurt, that being the highest thing. This goes back to what I was talking about, the armor. That girl is to make some armor she's like oh yeah. oh you you ain't got a pauldron i got you i got, I got you. you real quick let me whip this up and, come on uh, yeah come exactly. my forge. like she's ready like excited you know um but where do they get all the beskar by the way like, do they just have beskar like on the ready well so they do have all the leftovers from navarro when they fled there oh okay and, and also i know dinjarin dinjarin about... gave up all the the beskar That's true. that he uh, one or that's earned, true. I guess, and there was a lot left over. I remember that line. I can't remember. I think that's season. We, we didn't season talk one. about yeah. where she makes the point of they all give their scraps to mm -hmm. make uh, Grogu's thing. Thought yeah. that was just you already know. And you said it earlier too about you were and I, I didn't feel comfortable saying this because it's really wild early in the podcast. Uh -huh. But if you're still listening, you're committed. So it, this is going to be yeah, something that may it. be completely stupid. You were talking about where are their ships at earlier. What mm -hmm. if they're scrapping Beskar somehow off their ships, and maybe, maybe that's why they don't have any anymore, and that's how they keep getting this armor. That's completely wild. Maybe. I don't think that's yeah, likely I, at all. I but. really don't even frankly care where they're getting the Beskar. I just wanted yeah. like, man, this girl's ready to make armor. Where are they yeah, getting all she this? Is. But um, <laughs> I I thought it was amazing that Bo finally lets loose here and is like mm -hmm. what if i put the mythosaur on there you know she she's playing chess she's like hmm maybe if i put mythosaur on my thing yeah then you know i can Ooh. ride this thing and it's already on here yeah and it's a perfect metaphor night owl mythosaur mm -hmm. we get it that's very on the nose for me like this is the bringing together of everyone <laughs> it just yeah. proves my point earlier of like this is where we're going yeah um, absolutely and I, and I love it well then we get even a bigger moment here. Bo-Katan asked the armor what she would say if Bo had seen a mythosaur. The armor declares Bo would be very lucky and that it is a very noble vision. Bo clarifies that she means seeing a real one beneath the living waters of Mandalore. The armor responds by saying when you choose to walk the way of the Mandalore, you will see many things. Bo-Katan says... But it was real, and the armorer says, this is the way. Yet again, another this is the way that has so many interpretations here. Interpretations. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if the armorer believes her. I don't know why Bogotan informed the armor of the Mythosaur. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's possible that maybe Bo-Katan didn't actually see the Mythosaur now, too. Like, it's possible that maybe it was a vision somehow, and it was just wishful thinking on her part that this was going to be her opportunity to rally the Mandalorian people and nah. reclaim Mandalore. But I'm to the point where I do think it is actually real, because, number one, the fans would absolutely riot if you end up telling me 100%. that that Mythosaur's fake. But, number two, I also think as far as plot movement, that Mythosaur's got to be real. So I'm definitely not thinking that it was a vision. But I'm still wondering, and maybe you can help me see the answer to this, Zach. Why would Bo-Katan inform the armor of this 
but not Din Djarin. I don't know what's going on there. What do you think? So my take on this, and I've thought a lot about it because, honestly, I'm not real sure um, okay. about this whole situation. But I think where it leads me is, number one, I think it's her you know, ver- almost word vomiting, like, what if it's real? Like, what mm-hmm. if I saw it? What does that mean? Because, number two, it leads into what I've been preaching, this whole thing of bringing everyone together. So I think she's talking to her because she's the leader of this watch, right? In my mind. I don't know if that's official, but in my mind, she's the leader of the watch. Yeah. And so um, I think she's telling her and not Din because she needs to know, like, what does this mean to you? If it's not important to them, then maybe that's not her play to get them to come together. But if it is like she thinks it is, I think that's why she's telling her and not Din. But but then the third reason I think she's not telling Din is because he is a competitor, right? Like, yeah, like I I hate to say it like that, but that's the only way I can put it where. Well, yeah, no, you you know, he's another guy. He's got the dark saber. He's got. Yeah. And that's what I was about to say. Like, if he's already got the dark saber and she wants any play at it, like he can't get the mythical yeah. or there's no doubt about it whatsoever like, I, yeah i don't think it's like a bad blood thing i think it's just a reality sure. of of her of her play like if mm-hmm. you have this in your deck of or in your hand when mm-hmm. you're playing cards like you're not going to tell everyone i got this right right especially the people sitting at the table mm-hmm. so um i think that all of this again i don't know even know if she meant to say this i think it was just like a in the moment what yeah. if I had a mythosaur on there? I think that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. And what if I saw a mythosaur? What would that yeah. mean to you? And the fact that she resp- the armor responds with, you know, first of all, ha ha ha, like <laughs> ah, yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. It's a good thing. It's a good vision. And then she says, like, no, it's real, you know. And she says, this is the way. I took this as the armorer, and this may be a hot take. I go. think I took this as the armorer saying, like, if it's real, go get it. Like, this is the way. Like, you got, like, go. Like, get it. Like, that's how I took this. I didn't take it as, like, a, this is the way, you know. Like a whatever, this is the way. Yeah, like, all right, whatever. I took it, because the armor don't play. We've talked Mm -hmm. about this for episodes now. She does not mess around. No, she doesn't. When it comes to these lore, like, these foundational lore elements, Uh if you go after the Mythosaur, if it's real, it's going to change the game, as it should. Yeah, so this 100%. is the way. It's real. Go after it. And and also, I wanted to ask you this. I've been waiting for this moment. Okay. Do you think that she knew that it's down there? Like she's she knows it's real. The armor. Yeah. No, I do not think that. Based on hmm. the conversation that she has with Din Djarin in the Book of Boba Fett, when they're I don't remember. Yeah, they're they're chilling there. Well, because she tells him Mandalore's cursed. Like you can't yeah. go back there. The living waters are gone. Uh. There used to be songs of eons past of the great mythosaur ruling and blah, blah, blah. Like, she just views it at this point, in my opinion at least, you know, until Favreau Filoni tells me differently. She just views mm. it at this point just like all the other Mandalorians is just legend, folklore, Interesting. if you will. Interesting. See, I, I think she agrees that there used to be some, 1,000%. I think there's no I, denying I love, that. I, I love this podcast because I take it as... Maybe she believes her, and she knows, like, yeah, maybe they are out there. If if Mandalore's not really cursed, he just went to the living water. Yeah, he got the yeah. water. So maybe maybe that's real. Maybe you saw it in there. 
she probably knows the lore that this was a mythosaur nest right. or whatever they call it. 100%. Uh, that is how I took that this is the way. Mm. As in, like, I believe you. Like, yeah. I, go get it. Like, I believe you. Maybe it is real. That's how I took it. What? How'd you take that this is the way? No, I'll be, I'll be honest. I, I still don't know. I'm still 50-50 with it. Like, I could see her just saying this is the way as in, okay, sure, if you say so. Like I, I'll I'll just put an end to this conversation with a this is the way, but I could also see kind of what you were saying where, uh, yeah, I'm I'm aware that it's possible, and if it's possible, this is the way. You better go and and do something see, about it before exactly somebody else does it. it. Man. That you worded that so right, like in my mind. But I that's wonder exactly too, I like if if the armorer is enjoying and thriving, being the leader of this this mm. covert. Why is she not think thinking? So. Uh, okay, maybe I need to go and do something about this. I think she just wants to be the armor. You think so? I, I don't think she has like aspirations to lead the Mandalorians. Yeah. I do not believe that. I whatsoever. think you're I think you're probably right on that because she made zero efforts in trying to get that dark saber from She's just kind of the mom of everyone. Like yeah. I'm your mom. Let She's me just fix you up with some everybody. armor. Here's the rules of the house. Yeah. Like like that's how I vibe with her. I don't take her as like wanting to be the coach. Okay. Or like the principle. I, I feel like every breakdown we've done about this time, we make some parallel to Game of Thrones. So I'm gonna do sure. it here, almost sure. like a hand of the king is the mm. armor, like your yeah. right hand, right hand man, right hand woman, mm. right man Mandalorian here mm-hmm. is the armor for whoever is gonna end up coming out on top of this. Yeah, I like that. I all like right. that a lot. I, I'm with you on that. I don't think she's interested in all at all in the Mythosaur or the dark saber. Yeah. So maybe she is. She's just now kind of gonna take a step back. Because she knows Din Djarin right now has the he biggest got the claim. Dark saber. He's got the dark yeah. saber. Yeah. All right, Bo. If you're saying you got, if the myth source out there, do something about it. Well, I mean, if we put the pieces together, we've got Din Djarin, a foundling who has the dark saber now, mm-hmm. which is a Mandalorian lore thing. Yeah. And we have Bo Katan Kreese. Is that how you say it, Kreese? Yeah, he nailed it. Good job, man. Who is the like part of the Kreese clan? Who's like her clan Kreese? Who's like this, you know, yeah. millennia going back. Yeah. And she's telling me she's now in the Creed, by the way. She's mm-hmm. in the Watch, so she's part of the squad. And she's telling me she just found a Mythosaur. Mm-hmm. This is the way, baby. Go get it. This uh, is the way. That's man. how I took it. All right, if you're still with us here, throw it in the comments. What do you think? What did you think that this is the way meant when the armor said it the boat? What do you, What do you think? I want to know what everyone thinks about this because, you know, it took me a little marinating. I had to think about it. It took know? me a second I, watch to even get to I'm the point. And maybe I'm completely wrong. Like, yeah, maybe. But the way the armor is so official, so serious, and every this this is the way has been, you know, meaningful. Mm-hmm. I think that's what this one means. I don't think it's a blow off. This is the way. Yeah, I, no. I think uh, it's a serious one. I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you. It Let's took go. me took me two watches and took me hearing from you. <laughs> My pitch. <laughs> that uh yeah, I think she's kinda giving her her blessing, if you yeah. will. Like yeah, go and like do this that. thing. Go and yeah. do this thing. Well Perfect way to say it. Our final shot of the episode. The episode ends with Bo Katan staring at the Mythosaur skull displayed inside the cave, which I one thousand percent believe is foreshadowing of what is yet to come. And I I can't wait to see what's to come. Um, I will say, on a personal level, I've seen on Twitter some people that have er had had early access to this season somehow say that this episode 5 coming up is a doozy as far as it 
it could be divisive potentially. I don't know what that means. I'm going to completely Gosh. ignore that, and I'm just going to be along for the journey and along for the mm. ride. Maybe so Bo going to turn on him? Is that what we're thinking here? I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but uh, I I, I love that. I don't know. To it. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Like to, to talk about what we think is next. I I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I know I know where we're going. We've 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 set the framework of what I think is going to mm -hmm. happen, but mm -hmm. how it actually happens, I don't know, and I love it. It makes yeah. me so excited for next week. No, I'm, um, I'm still. It's the same. I I've talked about it before. We got Pedro. I got to talk about Last of Us. It's my favorite yeah, media it. entity ever. Do it. Each week was a was a story. You didn't know what was going to happen the next mm -hmm. week. You just knew the overall framework. Now, yep. could they have? Pitch the framework better this season, probably. Make it a little clearer for everyone. Sure. And, I mean, frankly, we could still be wrong with what's actually going to happen. Yeah. But um, the excitement of knowing that we're going to get lore, we're going to get cool Grogu moments, we're going to get Din moments where he's awesome, and we're going to get Bo now, mm -hmm. sign me up. Like, whatever we're watching, I'm in. Uh, and yeah. I love it so much. I have I love this episode as a, as a whole. And if we get that... Throughout the season, or even a couple more times, I'm happy. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you. Overall, this episode was so so much fun. So many great reveals, setting up so many great things potentially. Not only for Grogu's flashbacks that we've kind of talked about, but also obviously this this whole internal thing that's going on with Bo-Katan and how Dinjarn and Grogu and the armor Paz Vizsla, all these people are going to play into it. And I cannot wait to continue to cover this season. We are officially halfway through halfway through season three so don't forget though we've still got four more podcast companion podcast episodes breaking down the latest chapter of the mandalorian so be sure like i said up at the top hit that subscribe button if you're still listening and you hadn't haven't hit that come on come on join the way got it join join us it's so much fun to do this. I can't wait to continue to do it again. I will say we are going to have to skip the feedback. We're having some technical issues with that. So I'll definitely reach out to those of you that got to us on Twitter. I'll let you know detailed thoughts on those replies that you sent me. I greatly appreciate you sending me those, sending those in. I do remember, though, the Twitter poll was only goods and greats. It wasn't anything yeah. below. So everyone across the board, at least on at Mandotalk on Twitter, at least on that profile, everyone loved this episode. So that was great to see. But yes, thank you so much to everyone that sent in those submissions. I'll definitely reach out to you and get get your shout out to you uh, on Twitter for sure. But thank you so much for that. Anyway, thank you so much, Zach for being a part of this one thank you for helping me break this one down thank you for helping me see the light on some things this week Heck yeah it was so much fun final thoughts final words to share with the people thank you for having me i love being here i love this show i love these characters said it before i say it again mando din Djarin's one of my favorite characters of all time i love the show and i love this episode yeah great stuff good soup good soup if you will all right good soup. let's get out of here Thank you so much for your continued support. Can't wait to talk about Chapter 21. Those of you that are long listeners, if you're new here, you haven't heard his voice before, but if you've been listening to Mando Talk for a while, DJ Foster is planning to be back next week. So be excited about getting a new perspective, a different perspective for The Mandalorian Season 3 up to this point. 
Can't wait to talk about this season with DJ. Can't wait to talk about chapter one. Chapter one. That's going way back. Chapter 21. Chapter 21 next week. All right. Let's get out of here. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy The Mandalorian. And I'll see you on the next one. And until next time, as always, we have spoken.